Shalom and welcome back to Shnayim Mikra, the OU's sponsored program in which we investigate one piece of this week's parasha, studying it together and analyzing one of the significant points in each day's Aliyah. We're now studying this week's parasha, Parashat Chaye Sarah. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom. And we are now going to look at the fourth Aliyah, which is chapter 24 of Sefer Bereshit, Perak Chavdalad. And the Aliyah begins in Pasuk, um, Lamed, uh, sorry, Chavzayin, and ends with Pasuk Nun Bet. Um, and this entire Aliyah brings up a very famous question, which really animates much of this week's parasha. By Yomer, this is the servant's reaction after he finds out that the wonderful girl who has given him all the water is also the uh, intended relative of Abraham, who he's been looking for as a wife for Yitzchak. By Yomer, Baruch Adonai Elohei Adonai Abraham. Again, he does not call Hashem the God of heaven and earth as Avram did, but the God of Abraham. This is a phrase that later shows up in a similar style in Megillat Rut. He has not abandoned his chesed. Chasdov Amito is what we refer to as a hendiadis, meaning it's two nouns in which one is really an adjective. Amitat chasdo, the truth of his kindness. God has directed me to the family of my father's, of my master's brother. And that's his statement. So the girl, that's Rivka, goes running off and tells her mother. Why does she tell her mother? So there's several possible explanations. The simplest one is that typically a girl is going to go tell her mother these things. In the meantime, side stage, Rivka has a brother. His name is Lavan. Now, Lavan runs to the man which at the simple reading of it is, again, the hospitality and coming to greet him. And this is the kind of behavior that we saw in Parshat Vayera when Avraham runs to the guests. This is also the same kind of behavior when the servant ran to Rivka. Everyone's running to make the events happen quickly. So the first thing he sees is that his sister has these, these uh, jewels on her. And when he hears his sister saying, she hears what the man said. He comes to the man, and he sees that he's standing there still by the spring, still with his camels. In other words, on the one hand, he finds that this man is given these jewels, he's a relative, he's coming to find a wife for Yitzchak, and on the other hand, he's still standing out there. He says, come, one who is blessed of God. In other words, he's greeting him with a beautiful greeting. Why are you standing outside? There's a place in the house, a place for the camels. You don't need to leave your camels out. Everything's fine. And on a simple read of the text, is presented much more positively than the later Midrashic treatment, which has every one of these statements and every one of these steps uh, seen through a very jaded eye. Uh, and the reason for that is really something that belongs much more to Parshanut on Parshat Vayetze and also to Parshanut on the opening line in the Haggadah, Mambikir's Levan Arami. 
So he comes into the house. Vayfatach ha-gmalim. He opens up for the gmalim. He opens up the food for the gmalim. So he lays out food and water for the uh, for the the um, for his feet, and then we find out that he has some men with him, but we don't hear that he had any men coming with him from Canaan. Question: Who these men are? And then something is put in front of this servant to eat. He's also got to eat. He says, I'm not going to eat anything until I say my piece. And so they say, okay, speak. Now, before we get to this, just notice one small thing, is that he's very concerned with feeding his animals, and he takes care of that right away. And that's part of the test. But he himself will not eat anything until he takes sure his mission is going well. Does that mean that he refuses to eat unless he's sure that this is the place he's supposed to come to? Uh, or does he just want to get the piece off and then see if they're going to have a festive meal together or just a pro forma hospitality? Unclear. Vayomar, Ever Abraham Anochi. How does he introduce himself? He doesn't have a name. doesn't have an identity. His identity is Ever Abraham. Now notice, he uses Hashem's name, but he's not the first one to do so here, meaning in their interaction, Lavan already greeted him, Bo Baruch Hashem. So he's responding. These people are familiar with that name for God. Hashem is blessed by Master. Vayigdal, become great. The whole list of his possessions and his family, etc. Basically, at this point, his possessions. So they may not know who Sarah is, but because he has to mention that she's the wife. But uh, the reason they would not know is that when she left, she was Sarai, or perhaps even Yiska, and now her name is Sarah. Acharezik Natas was at a very advanced age. She gave birth, and he gave him, meaning Avram gave Yitzchak, everything he had, which means either, from their perspective, either he had no other children, or he had other children, but they don't count. But the wife had one son at the advanced age, and he inherited everything, which means he's making this prospective groom to this family, a very attractive candidate for a son-in-law. Now he recounts the oath that Avram made him take. Made him take, And one might be tempted to ask at this point, well, why does the text narrate the oath and his arrival and the prayer that he said and Rivka's appearance and everything else, which, of course, the famous question about Sichatan Shabbatea de Avot, why didn't the text here at this point just say, everything that happened to him. And then pick up from there, Pasuk Nun Gimel, or Pasuk Nun perhaps. Um, actually, uh, they would probably have to pick up at Pasuk Memtet, but still, we have about 15 Sukim we couldn't say. The answer is we really couldn't have. Because part of the story that's critical is not only that the slave retelling what happened, but critically how he retells it. Notice, the introduction is about the great blessing he has, about the fact that Yitzchak is the one prized son of Abraham, and he's very wealthy. And then the oath. Why is he here? So he made me take an oath. I can't take a wife from Benot HaKnani. You must go to my family and take a wife. And he reports faithfully that he said to Avram, what if she doesn't follow me? And he said to me, 
Notice he leaves out Eloi Hashemayim. Yishlach Malacho Itach, it's Teach Tarkecha, he will send his, mess, his angel with you. Notice, not Lefanecha, as Avram said, he'll make your, your way speedily successful. And you'll take a wife. And there's something a little bit different here. In other words, that uh, whereas he had actually said to Abraham, what if she won't follow me? He says, then you're off the hook. And here, he says that what Abraham said is, Hashem will make you successful, and then you'll be off the hook, meaning when you come to my family. So there seem to be two ways you're off the hook. One is that you come to the family and she's given to you. And then if she's not given to you, you're also off the hook. <clears throat> so now he's explaining why he has a vested interest in saying this mission true. He has an, um, through. He's an obliga- obligation. And then he retells his story. <clears throat> I came to the spring today and I said, Adonai Elohei Adonai Abraham. Again, as he, as he said, he reports it accurately. And he doesn't say, He talks about her not as a young woman. And I ask her to give me to drink. And she says to me, I will give you and your camels to drink. That's the one that has been designated. Notice, here it's, I have, I was, I had not yet finished speaking into my heart. As that's the tefillah. So a slight variation of the words, but from the narrative, and that's not exactly what she did. She first gave me the drink. And then she offered it, but okay. It seems to be all one action. My drinking, the camel's drinking. Now notice critically, and Nacham Leibovitch makes a big point about this switch. In the actual narrative, he first put the jewels on her and then asked who she was. Here, he presents himself as being, shall we say, a little bit more circumspect. First he asked her, and notice he properly represents what she said to show honor to her family. Then I put the nose ring on her and the bracelets on her. Now notice he did not, according to this, ask her if there was somewhere to stay. However, um, uh, that was part of the question. Again, who led me to the right place, to take the daughter, really the granddaughter of my master's brother, as a wife for his son. That's his story. And again, the famous question that Rashi deals with, the notice that the idle talk, as it were, of the servants in the patriarch's homes is more beloved than the Torah of the children, because, as Rashi points out, we learn many halachot from one extra letter in the Torah, and here we have an entire repetition. But, of course, that is a little bit uh, unfair, because it ignores the essential difference between the purpose of Sefer Breshit, in which the entire story teaches us 
valuable lessons of who we are and how our nation was formed and how we should behave, etc., as opposed to the halachic section, which is far more, um, if you will, technical and oriented towards a legal framework. Nonetheless, we do rejoice in hearing this story again. And then he says, Now notice how he puts it really in that corner, because he said, Hashem is dar chesed v'emet. Now will you do chesed v'emet with my master? In other words, he's inviting them to join the party, as it were. And if not, then I will go al yamino al which in biblical talk means I'm going to go to the north or to the south. Now, to the north of Haran, I'm not sure where he would be going, but to the south would mean that he would go back down to towards Arabia. So, They understand that this is God's word, meaning that God has directed him to come here, and this is a divine plan. That is a phrase that comes back to bite Lavan at the end of Parshat Vayitzay. When Hashem tells him, you may not speak Mira'atov with Yaakov, but we cannot say anything here. Here's Rivka, take her and go. And let her be a wife to your master, to the master's son, as Hashem has said, obviously through this, through this action. In other words, the way that the servant told the story convinced the family that this is the right thing to do which tells us something else. We assumed that his mission was completed the minute that Rivka started giving water to the camels. Perhaps after he clapped the, clasped the, uh, the, um, the jewels on her. That's not the case. His mission was not complete until this point when he had retold the story in such a way that made it clear to her family that this was the right choice and that they agreed to have her go. Certainly not a simple thing, especially in the ancient world, when this might mean that they would never see her again, but he was successful. And what happened? Now notice that the Eved continually bows and prostrates himself to God when he hears people speaking. When he heard Rivka say she was part of this family, he bowed down. Now when the family members said, Go take her. We, this is clearly God's will. We can't say anything about it. He bows again because he realizes his mission has been indeed successful. There is still one more leg to the mission, and that is finally getting out of Dodge and getting home. And that's something that we will deal with in the next podcast, which we which will take us through the fifth Aliyah of Parshat Chayi Sarah and take us to the successful wedding of Yitzchak and Rivka. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.